0: Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates, Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrog is awesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: Hello and uh, welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts, uh, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. How are we, we doing, Ben? Doing okay. A bit, bit
1: tired. We've had a full been, day.
0: It's been a long day. Um, yeah. This, uh, I, I, I think we're still hoping to get this out in time for Sunday. Hopefully. Uh, might be a slight delay. Might be a slight delay because we are recording Saturday night just after Carronade. Yep, just back. Yeah, so you'll remember a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Kenny and Douglas on, uh, who are two of the organisers mm-hmm. of Carronade, which is a um, tabletop wargaming convention over in Falkirk. Yeah. Uh, we've spent the day there. They were kind enough actually to give us a table as well, which was. A, a different experience for us for it conventions. Was, yeah. Uh I really liked having a little base of operations. Yeah.
1: And... It was a bit different, but we'll we'll dive into that in more depth just shortly because we yes. get a little bit of news to we cover. We do.
0: Up. We do. So what's
1: what's been going on? So the the big one for this week is um Bethesda. Uh-huh. Who are um predominantly they are they are a a video game developer. Yes. Have been accused of plagiarism. All right. I'm assuming plagiarism of a tabletop game. Plagiarism of a tabletop game. Plagiarism of a Dungeons and Dragons supplement. Oh, right. to be precise. Yeah. So, um the Bethesda's biggest game at the moment is The Elder Scrolls Online. Yes. Um the certain the, the Elder Scrolls universe, of, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the world of Tamriel, and um, they have an expansion coming out soon, which is going to be set in a region called Elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and original. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's got weird spelling on it though. It, it, oh,
0: uh, oh, that makes it all right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's fantasy. fantasy.
1: Shut up, Josh. Anyway, <laughs> so um. To to promote the the elsewhere mm-hmm. expansion, um, Bethesda released a pen and paper um, elsewhere adventure. That's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. Problem is that it's pretty much been copied and pasted from a a supplement that was originally written for the Wizards of the Coast organized play program called the Black Road. Ah. Like the, That's the, pretty rubbish. This, like, yeah, like they've literally just changed
0: the fact. actually just it. We're not even like the the plot line bears similarities. this no, is, this no. is they are copying word for word. This is
1: if if you put this through, like a plagiarism checker on a computer, the yeah. the alarm bells would go off. You wouldn't even need to put it through that. The, the human you just, eye would you'd detect just look, it. Oh my, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. it's it's that bad. Um, and Bethesda have since. Pulled the the publication. All right.
0: Uh, I mean, are Wizards taking any legal action at all? Or
1: um, I'm not 100 percent on that. This is a weird one, though, right? Because because Wizards of the Coast have officially made Dungeons and Dragons, uh, you know, what they call like a sort of open source or open play type game. Yeah, which where, is
0: why we're seeing these yeah. uh, kickstarters now for for supplements. Yeah, to like that. if
1: if you and I took the notion, we could write a book to be used for Dungeons & Dragons, publish it in our own company and make money for it, and we would suffer no legal repercussions. Do you think we should? Maybe one day. Maybe one day. (laughs) One step at a time. Yeah. But the the point is that anyone is allowed to contribute to Dungeons & Dragons. What you're not allowed to do is rip off another one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just because this is uh,
0: this is that it's a, it's a weird bit of copyright law when it comes to games. You can't copyright game mechanics and rules. No, uh, which is why Pathfinder got away with it because they were just copying the rule set of D and D three point
1: four. Well, tweaking it. Um, it's why just about every card game has an exhaust or tap mechanic. And yeah. Wizards of the Coast can do nothing about it Aye. because you can't copyright someone doing a quarter turn on a card. Right, exactly,
0: right? That would yeah. that would be
1: ridiculous.
0: But you can copyright uh, intellectual property. So if they are, if the the plot line for this adventure that Bethesda brought out was ripped off Fairly. from a plot line elsewhere, then that is copyright infringement.
1: Uh, Let's see if I can give a little example actually because some of them are uh... We'll
0: post this in the
1: show notes guys. What I'll do, I'll read the first paragraph from each just to give an idea Mm -hmm. um, because you've not read this Josh so. The first paragraph of the Black Road Adventure reads There's nothing like the desert to make people feel small and insignificant. In every direction huge dunes roll across the landscape and an even bigger sky looms above the oasis of Vwerthel is a motley collection of sunbleached tents in the vast Anarok desert.
0: I didn't catch where the, the oasis... what was it? The oasis of...
1: It is the oasis of Vwerthel. 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 Yeah, I'm just totally butchering that. But... <laughs> Vwerthel. <Okay. laughs> Introduction to elsewhere. Nothing beats the desert to make people feel small and unimportant.
0: So same sentence. In every but...
1: direction, enormous dunes roll across the landscape, and an even larger, empty air skies above it. There's typo. Yeah. The oasis on the border between Cyrodiil and elsewhere is a colourful collection of sun-drenched tents in the vast desert of elsewhere.
0: Good lord, it's like copying your homework off your pal. Yeah. Like I'll just I'll just change a few words,
1: and uh, the teacher won't know. I I really don't know why people think they can get away with stuff like this in in this day and age. Because li- like, yeah, literally, if I typed that into Google, one or the other would probably come up. Yeah, any search engine, right? Why is a company of that size doing something like that?
0: Yeah, I have no words. No. I, I, I I like I have no idea. Yeah, so it's just daft.
1: More on that as it as it comes, but um. Yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I was pretty speechless when I. Yeah, because at first you you hear the the plagiarism thing, you're right. Okay, let's have a look at this, and then when you see how similar they are, you're like, "What were they thinking?"
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aye, that's
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see. I, I, I wonder if wizards are even going to bother doing any legal action
1: with it, yeah. though. Maybe someone's somewhere's had a brain fart and they've thought because Dungeons & Dragons is open mm. source that they can use anything. Yeah, it's that. not. It, but open source doesn't quite work like that. Yeah. It's like anyone's allowed to write a piece of fiction mm. set in Lovecraft's universe, mm-hmm. you can't just lift passages. From, from H. B. Lovecraft. No, from like the rats and the walls, and yeah. slightly tweak them. It doesn't work like exactly. that. Exactly. So, uh, what else has been going on? Um, the Sylvaneth release, um, which is going to be the the latest big release for Games Workshop's Age of Sigmar game, has been delayed. Well, specifically,
0: uh, we think it is the printed element of it—the books.
1: We yeah, we think there might be some issue. Um, Particularly in uh, China's end, because it's as you say, the, most of the literature for the Games Workshop games um, that you know, namely the the books um, and that sort of thing, are mm. actually printed in China.
0: Yeah, and shipped over. Whereas the minis are actually still manufactured in Nottingham.
1: A lot of the scenery and endless spells and things like that. Yeah. Um, the the sort of peripheral uh, mm. plastics, if you will, for. Um, the Games Workshop games are also printed in China. Alright, oh, there we go. Um So we suspect it might be something to do that. But what I really admire um about how they announced the delay is they actually made like a like a fake children's show. It's like the Warhammer Potting and Shed. And it's like one of the guys Did say this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the guys pretending to like grow books in these pots and he's got like the little squirrel mascot called Acorn. Mm-hmm and then halfway through like one of the crew comes in and it's like, like you, you, you need to tell it to them straight yeah <laughs> so I, I like that they you know they're shown that they've got a sense of humor I, I,
0: well that, it's a it's just, it's uh, indicative of uh, just the change of mentality with mm-hmm. games workshop with regards to how it's communicating with everyone
1: right like it, it's weird how they went from being an absolutely awful example. Of a, of a company, you know, like they they had this... They went through this phase about five or six years ago where they were shutting down all their social media and they were just, like, disengaging from people and... uh it
0: kind of felt like trying to communicate
1: with North Korea. Yeah, right? <laughs> like years would go by where, um, before games got, like, serious updates, mm. things like that, whereas now it's it's totally turned in its head and I feel like a, a lot of the other big companies probably want to be paying attention to what they're doing and Wizards trying of to the coast yeah and trying to emulate it yeah right so so there
0: we no and that, that was uh that was my feelings in a nutshell when i saw that video as well I was like it, yeah it's just dis- obviously it's disappointing that uh, there's an upcoming release that is being delayed but it, it's out with their control um, it's
1: clever psychology as well though i you've turned you've you, turned
0: it, bad news into something oh well at least
1: I, yeah yeah do you know what made it funnier is that the guy, um, I think his name, his, his name's Adam Croak or something yeah. like that, because he works in Middle Earth. The guy, you mm-hmm. know, talking, the guy that actually did the the skit. potting video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see he's trying not to laugh while he's doing it. <laughs> some, somehow that adds to the charm of it all. Yeah. You know, just trying to hold it together. Yeah, yeah, he was struggling. It was a few times I thought he was gone. But...
0: I've been enjoying some of their videos lately, uh, particularly the Conan skit of uh, of um uh about the new contrast paint. Yeah. Um flawless segue. Oh, 10 out of 10. Yeah. 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 They've announced a new paint range. Yeah. Um and they're painting it out. That was shit. <laughs> I don't hear you coming up with any puns, there, <laughs> so I've got to do it. It's not my job yeah well look uh they they're 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 making it out uh basically to save you a lot of time painting yeah. so
1: uh, what what exactly is this new range so it, it's really a a repurposing of techniques that quite a few people have been using for a long mm-hmm. time um in the um there's a there's an excellent painter if if you are interested in using these sort of painting techniques that you should check out his name's Tyler Mingle. Mm-hmm. he runs a website called mengelminiatures.com and he does it um he, he's been doing it for a long time where he essentially like, mixes up his own sort of glazes and mm-hmm. inks and you'll he, apply it over a white base coat um as a as a very quick way of both shading and base coating the model in one fell swoop which
0: is yeah and this is what uh, GW are saying uh these these paints will do it basically it's two steps in one yeah. right um there have been some posts on social media about because the Warhammer Fest is happening right now um and they have been letting people use these paints uh some of the some of the work is pretty impressive it, it,
1: is, it is worth emphasizing at the same time though that um, it, it's not as if um, it's made your existing paint collection relevant. You're no. still going to achieve the best results using the tried and tested techniques of of, uh, of blending and zenith highlighting mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. Not what? all of us have time for that. Not all of us have time for that. And, a... and not all of us have the, the inclination or the, the skill level to do mm-hmm. that. The the main thing that and, and I'm all for this is it's making painting accessible to more people.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I like have it. Having a painted miniature on the table is just ten times better than an unpainted one. Yeah. Regardless of the kind of job you've done on it, but, and the thing is that almost regardless,
1: just seeing a fully painted army is really good. Yeah. Doesn't need to be armies on parade standard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the more but they, they they have also emphasized that like experienced painters are gonna be able to um do some interesting things with blending and that and mm-hmm. creating some different effects with these. I mean uh, like so I, I did
0: see one post on one of the Facebook comments just saying this is basically inks but branded with GW. Um I don't know, it sounds maybe a little bit more nuanced than that, but um I, the proof's going to be in the pudding. We're, we're gonna, we'll see what they're like. Yeah. to use I'm, I'm and keen take to, from there.
1: I'm keen to try them out. Um, certainly, even though like I, I lavish a lot of attention on the likes of my fire slayers, there are some models where I do think I'm maybe going to opt to use this because I would just like to have them done. Yeah, just
0: get, get them finished, right? You yeah. you were saying you're those nurgle demons that you've got, yeah, kicking about.
1: Just I just want them done.
0: Yeah. Um I remember uh GW releasing their washers for the first time years ago. And uh Devil and Mud just overnight made my painting look so much better. Yeah. Uh so it'll be interesting to see if this does a similar it has a similar effect. So um there have been a few other announcements in uh and we are we wanting to cover um,
1: nothing major, to be honest. Um, Apocalypse, we've already
0: reported, is getting a new release this yeah. year for forty k.
1: They revealed another war band for Warcry mm-hmm. um, which is quite a departure from the norm in, term, in terms of aesthetics because they're sort of like hoplite gladiator. Yeah, band, which is they? really
0: cool. I like. Uh, um, you, you, check 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 them out for yourselves. But yeah, they've, they've got this very Roman.
1: Look yeah. to their armor. Um, they they've officially announced uh, Warhammer Underworld Season Three. Yep, and uh, they've shown off a, a cat, a sort of, l- and one of the
0: one the first lion. Um, th- so Thundercats confirmed.
1: Yeah. What do you think? What faction do you think he belongs to? I have no idea, man. I'm but thinking something Elfie. Could be
0: Elfie. Um, I wonder if they're going to do an Ogre squad.
1: What What with a lion? You think? Oh, well, they had the saber tooths I know, but it it looks quite svelte, Whereas the ogre animals tend to be quite British. Yeah, I mean, they? are you are you saying that ogres can't have svelte cats? That's exactly
0: what I'm saying. Wow, it's yeah. 2019, Ben. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> uh,
1: um, I I have no idea, to be honest. I, Could be something that we've not seen at all, like a brand new.
0: Well, it's interesting though, because like the uh, the big troll was the first one they revealed for season two, right? And that just turned out to be a faction by himself.
1: No, they they um, released the gloom spike gets. No, but you're you're right in so far as yeah, he was he was yeah
0: sorry, he was a war band. By himself, effectively, if, and some weird
1: squig things. Yeah, but they, they did the new Goblin book, mm. so like we, we didn't realise until much later on in the year that... Well, he was revealed last year. Yeah. It wasn't until January of this year that they actually revealed a, a whole new Goblin range Yeah, that does include trolls, it's not just Goblins. Yeah,
0: but uh, I just kind of assumed he'd be part of a Goblin uh, war band, but no, he's just... He, yeah. he's just on, on himself that's
1: it with so, his fungus buddies
0: yeah Trogoth and the fungi. guy yeah. there we go new band new band um, and uh, just trying to think there's a few announcements for Middle Earth as well which they're continuing to support yeah. very like a very small thing but they've uh, got a scenery kit to make Hobbit houses which uh, I and think it's is, just
1: a fascia so that yeah. you put it into whatever you want which is really cool
0: and I'm trying to think of a more manly way of saying it. I
1: just think it's adorable, but uh, no, I'm just going to say oh, yeah, it. yeah. it's it's adorable. I agree. It's really cool. Um, yeah, lo- Lots of other bits and pieces. I think they, they wanted the, the new contrast paint range to be front and centre.
0: Oh, was certainly the first thing they announced, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's been the thing that they've been making the biggest deal out of. So we'll, uh, when we get our hands on it, we'll... Uh, We'll let you know how we get on.
1: Should we talk about Carronade? Yeah. Let's talk about Carronade.
0: So, uh we we rocked up uh just, just before ten o'clock, before the gate we we did that wonderful thing of uh walking past a queue and just waltzing straight in. Yep. Uh feels good. Pe- people love that when you do that here. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, so so we had, like I said, uh, Kenny and Douglas and the other organisers were very kind enough to uh, give us a table up in Hall Five where we are. We were in Hall Five, Um, and uh, we so so we were just there mingling with uh, some of the good and the great of uh, the Tabletop Scotland. uh, Sorry, the Scottish tabletop scene, which may or may not include some members of Tabletop Scotland. and we got a chance to have a look at some of the fantastic display uh, boards and cases that uh, uh, that were um, being demoed uh, there was a special guest
1: there was a special guest um, that they
0: kept very much under wraps because strictly speaking he was on holiday with his family in Scotland
1: and I don't think they wanted him to be harassed because he's a. I, I, I don't think it's Too much of an understatement to... Or too much of an overstatement, rather, to say that he's a bit bit of a legend.
0: He's one of the OGs with regards to the Dungeons & Dragons. This is uh, David Zeb Cook.
1: Yeah, he was there. I did not realise I was talking to him until about two minutes into the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and I said, sorry, you're the the TSR guy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he said, yeah, 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 I'm Zeb. And he, he... you know, that there was nothing you know, like sometimes you meet people who are quite um high up mm. in the industry and they, they know it, they know it, not like that at all. Yeah, you know, like a ve- very, very, very humble, uh, easy to talk to a chap, um, just really enthusiastic about everything. Um, you know, like didn't even let on who he was. I'm just standing there talking about Unlucky Frog, like a moron. <laughs> and then I was, he bought a t-shirt though. He bought a t-shirt. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um I had uh gave him a card so I, you know hopefully he'll. Uh, well Z- Zeb
0: touch. if you're listening uh give us a shout. Yeah, we'll 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 love yeah. to have you on the show. There's a lot of people that we spoke to actually will will hopefully um hopefully get on the show i'm not gonna i'm not gonna commit anyone on that. No, no 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 um but um yeah uh, it, it was it was a great convention for that and people were just really enthusiastic sometimes when you go uh, go to these conventions and you speak to some people in the industry and you say oh yeah would you like to uh, come on our podcast that they, they can be a bit cagey mm-hmm. we didn't get that at all like no. people people were like yeah let's do that yeah,
1: which is really it's really nice. Uh, Mick Farnsworth, who was our our neighbour for the day, um, yeah, he, he's actually published a a book um, on. Um, it's basically just building and painting guides for primarily historical figures, but it's stuff that you could probably. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: the techniques are applicable to everything. Yeah.
1: Um, so he was over from Switzerland, mm-hmm. uh, selling signed copies of his book. Um, I picked one of them up. I had a wee flick through it. It looks pretty interesting so far. It's it's very well put together. The book. Yeah. It, it looks very professional. You know, a lot of the time you 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 see like books at these sorts of things, and you're a wee bit oh, okay. But mm-hmm. it's 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 been professionally done. He's um, done a, a great job with it. And um both Mick and uh, Zeb were judging the painting competition as well, which
0: was uh, of an incredibly high standard. Yeah. Um, I was. We were talking about. Are you going to enter anything in? I am. I enter something, and then I had a look, and no, this was before all the entrants were put in, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm. I'm out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I entered. Um, I entered a single figure um, into the the single figure fantasy mm-hmm. sci-fi category, and I entered a, a unit into the. Um, the unit sci-fi fantasy category. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't win anything. Um, wasn't that put out by it to be honest? Because the, the standards, I, I was blindsided by like. Just well, the the the, the
0: the the mini that was crowned best in show was, a, and it's quite refreshing to see it be a miniature that's not from like one of the GW or Bolt Action games or something like or uh, something like that. It was a Hermione from the Harry Potter miniatures game. Yeah and my god uh, they, they'd done a great job on it yeah
1: they, they'd done a load of free hand work on the um because she's holding like a spell book mm-hmm. they'd done free hand work and like they'd really lavished a lot of a lot of detail onto it um and th- th- that I was in one of those categories that was the single fantasy yeah. so it, you know I'm not too to have lost to the one that also won best in show yeah exactly right um I did think that it was a bit strange the way that some of the categories were arranged um, because there's a category for sci-fi fantasy vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, But then there's also one for sci-fi fantasy units yeah but there was like monsters and stuff like that in there And win with the units yeah so you had like units of like like, like infantry dudes mm-hmm. with like these massive like there was a mega boss on a yeah. Maw Crusher and there was a you know the arachnorok Spider the, the giant one which which I thought was a little bizarre like if anything I would have you know Maybe do like a unit one, and then do like a separate category: sci-fi, fantasy, large models Yeah, yeah. And then the monsters and the vehicles are all in there because it's similar sort of parameters and mm. uh, you know uh, decisions that the judges have to make. But they're, they're more comparable. Yes. Right? Um. So I, th- I thought that was a little weird, but at the same time, I felt like, it, albeit the the standard for the painting competition, the the or rather the quality of the workmanship mm. in the painting competition was very high it didn't strike me as like a hyper competitive painting competition it it struck me as first and foremost that they wanted it to be accessible yeah. to as many people as possible and the problem if you if you restrict the entry requirements too much um, mm-hmm. it it makes it difficult for people to submit. Whatever it is they've painted, exactly it makes it awkward, so I understand that where I don't necessarily agree with it, if that makes sense
0: yeah no, that's fair yeah. that's fair um it, I mean, in terms of other impressive things at the, the some of the display boards uh it was uh there was an absolutely phenomenal pirate uh battlefield. Yes. That was going on, and and they they have thrown everything, including Captain ki- Jack's locker. This is Captain Jack. Uh, we salute you, Captain. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he he he. It must have been eighteen foot long, right? It was massive. It was humongous. Uh, multiple islands, and they've thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, in there. There was. How do you make pirates more awesome? I don't know. Let's have some dinosaurs in there. Yeah, let's have
1: and an undead ship. Yeah. The thing that I'd said when I was talking to um, Dave, um, so Stuart's the the crazy mastermind behind mm-hmm. this diorama, um, and he, his friend Dave was was helping him out. Yeah. Um, I think I think they came up from Durham. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I was saying to Dave is that. He, he's, he, he's telling so many little stories at once mm-hmm. but the the thing that, that I found so impressive about it is that you feel like you're just having a glimpse into this world and it's testament to the amount of thought and the amount of depth that's been put into planning this Yeah, and character but, as that, well that you, that, you, that you don't feel that you're looking at a world mm. that it's just a snapshot of yeah. the world.
0: This is just the chaos of this like fantasy Caribbean. Yeah.
1: Like that. it's just a flyover.
0: Yeah. Of this one. It's, it's it was almost like looking at sort of like the weirdest like where's Wally <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> picture. But, um I, I think of all the the displays that were there today that was my favourite. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely the most impressive. But a lot of the other uh Wargaming clubs from across the country were there and uh, were equally impressive in the games they were demonstrating. Dwarf were there uh, with their friends, uh, you know, uh, ma- friend John massive, Harper.
1: Massive um, 40k game going on.
0: I mean, I, I basically spoke to John and don't don't quote me on this. Uh, if, if if anyone asks, he didn't say this, but basically use it as an excuse to play a big 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 game of 40k. And what more noble uh way to spend a saturday afternoon mm. you know <laughs> so uh, i was playing gaslands um with uh, the uh st. aidan's yes uh, st. Aidan's. st aidan's uh gaming club uh, they've modified gaslands so that it was episode 1 pod racers from star oh, wars okay. I thought it was neat yeah. uh i was getting shot to pieces mm-hmm. By, um, can you a, shoot people in pod racing? In this one, you can. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's half brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, so, uh, but that that was a ton of fun because uh, that was actually my first time trying Gaslands as well. What did you think of it? Yeah, it's neat. Um, it, the the movement system reminded me a lot of uh, X Wing. Um, Although I, th- I think in reality X Wing probably got it from Gaslands. Uh, The sort of... You've got the template of what you're going to do. Gaslands is quite an
1: old game, isn't it?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's... I think it's designed to... Or you can play
1: it with matchbox cars, Mm. basically. So... Does does Gaslands predate Wings of Glory?
0: I believe it does. Okay. I think Gaslands is like early 90s. Because
1: I think X-Wing is...
0: X-Wing was uh, basically Wings of Glory, but... Star space. Wars, yeah, yeah, and awesome, yeah. Like, um, but yeah, so I had a ton of fun playing that. <laughs> My personal highlight of the uh, the whole event, though, was the flea market.
1: You liked the flea market, didn't you?
0: Oh man! Uh, so rather than having a bring and buy, uh, Camerade have a flea market. So the big difference is you you don't pay a commission on each item sold. Uh, you uh pay for a slot and a table, basically, uh, and it means you can haggle with the people who own the uh, own the items they're selling. This gave me an idea for a bit of fun, a bit of sport yep. between Ben and I. What if we were to go a bit bargain hunter, we buy some stuff from the flea market, Sell it on on eBay and see who, uh, see who makes the most money.
1: Yeah, who turns the biggest profit.
0: So that's what exactly what we've done. So why don't we, why, for the good listeners, why don't we cover off uh, what we've got here?
1: Right, Well, I go first then? you want to go first? Okay, so my first purchase of the day, I was the first into the flea market. Just uh, heads up, guys, this is very Games Workshop heavy. Yeah, th- this is more <laughs> because we really don't have any grasp of mm. the value of a lot of the other stuff so apologies to anyone there who has a, a more uh nuanced <laughs> understanding of uh, the, the the various wargames uh um wargames figures in the system that was some film. fantastic stuff yeah like,
0: There was was a load of historical miniatures as well. To be fair,
1: most of the stuff being sold was Games Workshop. There was a lot of Games Workshop, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what what have we got, Ben? So my first purchase of the day for £5 was the original Marco Colombo Dogs of War figure.
0: Yeah. Uh, This was released way back in 2003. I think it's 2003. And it's actually got a collector number on it. This is number 4992. I have no idea how many were manufactured, so that means nothing to me really, but the fact that they've numbered it kinda yeah. suggests that it was limited in quantity.
1: So, um he's, he's not been he's still like pretty much brand new in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the box has taken a wee bit of a beating as you can imagine it would over sixteen years. Yeah. Um But as as much as Warhammer fantasy doesn't really exist anymore. He can still be used in a lot of systems. He's uh, just age. a nice figure. I and mean, he's still a collector's item, right? Yeah. I mean, you could probably use him as free guild in Age of Sigmar yeah. or whatever the equivalent is in Ninth Age. Those sorts of games. I imagine uh, someone like uh, Stuart could use him in his big pirate diorama as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah, you could use him in uh, sort of, you know, piratey games like Rum and Bones, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I've also I also managed to get the uh original Valton the Exalted figure on foot from Really nice. Yeah, and he's he's given the Vicky. But strictly speaking it's the sign of the twin tailed comet.
0: Yes. That's that's what we're gonna go with. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he's
1: he's flipping the bird. Yep. As our American friends would say. <laughs> yep. Um so I uh, I think I paid ten for him. Mhm. Um, and my other two items are I picked up the troll from the Village Attacks game.
0: This is brand new and sealed as well. Brand new,
1: sealed. Uh, seven fifty. Just need to see what he goes for, and I also got a a box of built and primed uh Warhammer forty k. Space Marine Terminators, Mm -hmm. eleven of them, I believe. Yeah, um, for twelve pounds. alright okay. So
0: all in, what what did we spend?
1: I think I spent about thirty four pounds all in. Thirty
0: four. I've spent a little bit more. However, 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 I think I've done a good job here. My first purchase of the day was uh, I've got uh, two Chaos uh, Lords in Terminator armor for 10 quid. One's based on the old metal typhus model, which is a great mini as well. Um a slightly
1: strange conversion they've done though. He
0: yeah, he's, he's converting him up a bit, but it's still a nice figure.
1: Yeah, still a nice figure, but don't,
0: don't talk down my purchases to gain some sort of advantage in the eBay game of the of the bargain hunt.
1: What what advantage would I gain? You
0: you 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 you're devaluing him by trying to slag him off but I will have none of it. He is he's wonderful just the way he is. His
1: market value is just good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I have also purchased um, for 20 pounds two minis that are brand new in blister. We've got the metal Commissar Yarrick
1: Yep. Very classic.
0: popular very popular character iconic.
1: Was, appeared in a recent white dwarf, actually. Yeah,
0: he's 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 an excellent pose as well. And the uh, event exclusive. This is the um, this is the Blood Angels captain that was for Games Day twenty twelve. Yep, and notably, right. Uh, he is based on the chap who's on the cover of Why I'm a Forty K Second Edition, correct? As well, because yeah, yeah. I think that was to celebrate its twentieth anniversary I think he's actually of that a, edition.
1: A Blood Angels captain, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So um, he's got a power fist, though. Microsoft. We know. Him.
0: We know. We know how you feel about fists of power. Specifically, power fists. Power fists. Yeah. Uh, and fine. My final purchase of the day. Was a Dwarf Blood Bowl team. Uh, so we've got the transfer sheets. And we've got 12 plastic minis. Someone has also... I suppose it does the job. I, don't, I might sell him separately. And see how that goes. What do you think, Ben? Um, okay. <laughs> um. But also, for £12... Uh, i got the exclusive dwarf dice as well which are actually quite hard to come by yeah so uh, I might sell those separately yep um so all in i spent 20 30 I've spent 42 quid mm-hmm. to your 34 3450
1: i think yeah to be precise Probably 35
0: yeah. so to measure success we're going to do it as a like a sort of percentage
1: yeah like how much profit have yeah. you made on top of what uh, you spent. What are
0: you what are you thinking of your odds then?
1: I, I I like my odds. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I might do okay. Mm.
0: Um I think I think I
1: think your um Valtin is going to be the I think he might be my MVP. Yeah. I think actually I might be able to sell the terminators for quite a bit. Mm. Cuz we had a look um on eBay quickly before recording. And uh, a squad of five uh, terminators built and uh, primed goes for about ten pounds. Yeah. So I could potentially make eight on that. Yeah. Um. I th- I I don't know
0: what's going to make the most money for I th- me.
1: I think that you might break even with Yarick uh, and the Games Day model.
0: Nah, no, I think I'm going to make a bit of a profit there. I spent twenty for two of them, right? Yeah, but that's uh, what I'm yeah. saying.
1: I think they'll sell for about ten each.
0: Yeah. Nah, the that Games Day one will go for more than ten. You're doing it again, you're trying to devalue my uh my my purchases live, on the show, in front of our listeners. <laughs> Just, you know. Yeah, it's I, like
1: this clan pack's kinda chewed a bit, you know.
0: No one cares about the clan pack, Ben. <laughs> they care about the miniature. <laughs> Uh, so, will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we post the eBay auction links yeah. in the show notes? So, it,
1: it's worth saying that the the profits that we do make from this, because we didn't feel that it was in the spirit of the flea market to be profiteering trying from... Trying to yeah. them So, what, what we're going to do is we're going to donate them to a charity. Um, we thought it would be good if we could find, like, a gaming-related charity yeah. to do that, so... Um, if anyone's listening and has any suggestions for that, um, yeah, give us a shout. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. So we'll we'll let you know who wins the bar- the Carronade Twenty Nineteen Bargain Hunt. Yeah, uh, and the winner shall be able to gloat over the loser forevermore.
1: Yeah, that's it. There's uh, nothing else at stake but your pride. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh we also attracted to uh the wildlings who are the uh the club uh who participate in Warhammer ninth age yeah Or well, i think sorry the ninth age can't use Warhammer that's copyrighted yeah um but, but it's basically uh a progression of Warhammer fantasy battles eighth edition yeah uh so you've still got your rank and file you've got your square bases. And, uh, things, from what I understand, they have evolved, but it's, yeah, it's more of an evolution than Age of Sigmar's Revolution. Yeah. So it was great to chat to them. Uh, we talked a lot about the tournament scene, both back in the day and now. Um, turns out a friend of ours, Hugh, uh, who still plays Ninth Age, is, uh, is a known guy. Uh, he, apparently, Hugh, you've been uh, whoring yourself out to the. Sorry, when I say whoring yourself out, you you were sword for hire for the New Zealand team. Yeah. So, just turning your back on Team England. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> so, we'll we'll, well, we'll look forward to hearing your explanation here. Their table was really cool. It was. It yeah, was fantastic. Big, uh, siege
1: battle set up, didn't they? Big
0: vampire counts army uh, versus empire. The empire were Perry Twin uh, figures as well, oh, which ne- was really yeah. really cool. And th- they were really reminiscent of like nineties Games I, Workshop did, as well. Did
1: the Perry Twins not design a lot of the original Britonian and Empire stuff? Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: See that Empire engineer who totally is not Leonardo da Vinci, but yeah, it's Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. That's a Perry Twin one
1: the one pretty- where he's like crouched over the
0: no he's got the he, he's 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 uh, old leonardo da vinci bald head big curly beard uh he's got like a scroll and he's got a foot on a cannonball okay yeah um Great mini, love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they did a lot for Warhammer back in the day, and of course they now have. Uh, there was a lot of their wares on sale through the various vendors yeah, because they do history, lots of don't. historical yeah. stuff now. Yeah, they do.
1: One of the Perry twins lost his arm, Blown his a...
0: hand off in an accident. So a reenactment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he yeah. was cannon crew. Yeah. So, uh, but he's still at it. Yeah. It's Good on him. Good on him. Mm -hmm. so yeah that that was Carronade though Uh, overall we really enjoyed it Uh, thank you again to Kenny uh, Douglas the organisers for uh, inviting us through uh, it's safe to say we we definitely want to come next year
1: I don't think we had any real criticism of the event to be honest. But, I think for what it was it was good. Yeah,
0: it was a really friendly atmosphere uh, very well organised as well mm-hmm. and uh, the right size yeah. for, for where it was and uh, how much was there yeah. to do. Like I never felt like I didn't have enough time a day to get around everything.
1: I mean if I'm being really pedantic it would have been nice to have some healthier options with the food.
0: Yeah. The Scotch pie was fine.
1: But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scotch we, pie was we, good. <laughs> the pie was all right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think I would have done differently is I think we would have been better with a, a slightly bigger team.
0: It would have been nice to have a third person. Yeah. Cause yeah.
1: It, it felt like, cause we, we had to basically take the table in shifts mm-hmm. and it, it was good to experience an event like that from a different perspective where, um, you know, you're having to talk to people coming by your table and, you know, if if anyone's listening who came by and uh, spoke to us, they thank you very much for doing so.
0: Yeah, and, and in all seriousness, that, that was the real highlight of the day, just chatting to, you know, other like-minded people who were,
1: you know, dead into the hobby. Yeah. So. um, I I spoke for quite a while to a mother and her two daughters about Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. and like, to my surprise, Miller pulls out her phone and starts showing me her daughter's a cane army. Nice! Yeah. And nice! And I was talking to her about my fire slayers and the fluff that have come up behind them. So, you know, little conversations like that where you're meeting people that are as excited and enthusiastic about your hobby as you are is just really great. Yeah. And, I like, seeing the, the various clubs and organisations just with a table playing the games that they really like I would actually quite like to do that at some point like
0: well let's uh, see what we can do in the may, future maybe
1: Unlucky froggle.
0: yeah Run again demo something. something yeah but uh, I think on that note uh, that's all we've got time for but guys thank you very much for listening and tuning in again till next time take care bye bye, bye.